Today I'm excited. On Father's Day, I want to talk to you about Dad's Toolbox. Dad's Toolbox. It was two years ago on Christmas, my daughter, Karis, she got a gift, a Christmas gift from Tiffany's mother and father. It was a kitchen playset. Now, keep in mind, I want you to understand this was not a tiny kitchen playset. This was one of those tall, big kitchen playsets. And it was an awesome gift, but the only problem was that that kitchen playset had to be assembled. <laughs> That's not part of my expertise. And let me ask you a question. How many of you men, women, when your kids have gotten a Christmas gift in the past or you have gotten something that needs to be assembled, how many of you are the kind of people by a show of hands, you're the kind of person that you read the instructions and follow the instructions closely? How many of you? Yeah, God bless you. I'm so proud of you. Good job. Good job to you. Okay. Now, how many of you are like me? You're like me. And you're like, I don't need no instructions. This is easy. It's just a kid's play set. I got a whole kitchen set that's real. I can put this together. And you don't need no instructions. You just start putting it together. How many of you do that? Come on. Yeah, okay. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So we started putting together this, this play set. And about halfway through, recognized and realized, whoa, we forgot this one piece in the play set. And you know how it is when you forget something, you're thinking, is there any way I can kind of get it or figure it out without trying to undo this whole deal? And, you, and we realize and at that moment that, hey, this playset will not be finished and properly put together without this piece and had to disassemble the entire kitchen playset to get this one piece in so that the playset would be correct. And can I tell you, parenting is a lot like that kitchen playset. God gives us a gift of a child. And most of the time when we get a gift of a child from the Lord, we have a child, we, we don't know how to raise them. We're trying to build them. We're trying to train them. We're, but, but yet many parents just, you don't have a clue of what you're doing. And oftentimes as parents are journeying along this journey of parenthood and they're, and they're assembling their child, they're, they're, they're motivating them, they're building them, oftentimes parents will one day wake up and look at their child and they start to think to themselves, I wish I could disassemble what I put together and start all over again. <laughs> that didn't get to happen. You know what oftentimes happens in this parenting journey is so many people start parenting and they don't have a blueprint. They don't have an instructions manual. They're not following any directions and they're just trying to figure out how to build their children. But I've got good news for you. God's word gives us instructions about parenting. You know what I love about God's word? Listen, I encourage you. Maybe you're kicking the tires around about Christianity. Start reading the Bible. Maybe you just became a follower of Christ. Start reading the Bible. Maybe you've been a Christian for a long time. You're a veteran at this thing called following Jesus. Read the Bible. The Bible talks about everyday life. And God's Word gives us directions in regards to this issue and this subject of parenting. Matter of fact, let's look at one of the directions God word gives, God's Word gives us about parenting. In Proverbs 22, in verse 6, the Word of God says, train up a child, train or develop or mold or, 
or shape or build up a child in the way he should go. There is a way a child should go. There is a direction for a child's life that they should walk in, that a parent should teach them, and that's God's way. That's, that's the Bible way. And the Bible says teach a child the way they should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. When a child has been taught the Word of God, Scripture says the Bible way, the God way, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. We have to give them God's instructions, parent with God's instructions. And what I want to do today is give you five tools for building godly children in the way they should go. Five ways, five tools for building godly children in the way they should go. And the first tool I want us to look at in dad's toolbox is a rubber mallet, a rubber mallet. I've got a rubber mallet with me today. And and people use a, a rubber mallet to to move something or to push something or to maneuver something without damaging it. For instance, if you were trying to put in a, a, a window frame and you got the window frame in, but it's not all the way in, you don't want to use a hammer and start beating on the frame. You use a hammer, you're going to dent the window frame. You're going to damage the window frame. Actually, the likelihood goes very high. The probability is very high. If you use a hammer on that window frame, the, the window's going to break. And so you, what you would do is you would get a rubber mallet because you need to maneuver it. You need to move it. You need to persuade it to move into place, but you don't want to damage the window. And as fathers, we need to be able to do some persuasion with our children without damaging them, the rubber mallet. Scripture says it like this in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4 through 7. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Notice verse 7, impress. Impress them on your children. Notice it doesn't say get the hammer out and beat them into your children. It doesn't say pound them into your children. These commandments, the, the word of God, don't, don't know. You, you impress. This is the mallet. This is the rubber mallet. This is persuasion without damage. Impress them on your children. You say, Pastor, how do I impress the commandments? How do I impress the things of God upon my children? How do I do that? Well, he goes on to tell us how to impress them. He goes on to say in verse 7, talk about them when you sit at home. Talk about the things of God. Talk about the Word of God. Talk about godly values. Just talk when you're sitting at home. Then he goes on to say, and when you walk, walk along the road, when you're just going through everyday life, when you're just going to the ball games, when you're just going through the grocery store, when you're unloading the groceries, just, just talk about the Word of God. Talk about the things of God. He says, when you lie down and when you get up, be intentional. Talk about the Word of God when you're lying down, when you're getting up, when you're going through your everyday life. Persuade your children in the things of God. And it's very important, parents, that we do, fathers, that we impress the Word of God into our children. They were intentional about this. Paul says to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15, he says, you, Timothy, have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have, and, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. Now, Paul tells Timothy, Timothy, you were taught the Word of God from a child. In other words, Timothy, you didn't learn about God's Word accidentally. 
You didn't just stumble into the word of God. He says it was intentional and somebody in your home was impressing the word of God upon you. Somebody was, was had the rubber mallet and they were maneuvering and persuading you towards the things of God and teaching you the things of God. And it's so important, fathers, on this Father's Day, I just want to encourage you and challenge your hearts today to, to persuade, to encourage your children in the things of God. Can I tell you, it's so important that we, we teach our children to love God. It's so important, our children, to, to love God and to love him with all their heart, with all their soul, with, with all their mind. It's, it's so important that we teach our children to love God's word. I mean, to, to fall in love with the word of God, the inspired, infallible word of God. We want, we want to say, man, we want to model that and impress it upon our children. Matter of fact, I had one of those proud dead moments this weekend. My eight-year-old son walked in, and he informed me as I was sitting in the living room. He said, Dad, I just finished reading the entire Bible. I was like, what? And I looked at it. I was like, oh, yeah. It was one of those. It was a whole Bible, but it was a picture-reading Bible. It wasn't like the Bible, you know. But it was the whole Bible. It was, it was his whole Bible, first-grade Bible that he got. And he had read the whole thing. It was pretty thick. And I was so proud. I was like, way to go, son. I said, Dad's so proud of you. I said, listen, man, you're hiding the word of God in your heart. I'm pumped up. And, man, he's all excited now. And Dad's affirming him. And he's kind of, lip, lip, his lip was quivering. You know, he's happy about You know, he's excited. And then I said this. This was the clincher. I said, son, I'm so proud of you. I'm going to pay you some money and give you some money for reading your entire Bible. He was like, what? Money, reading the Bible. Yeah, and I said it loud enough that his two brothers and sister heard that too. They were like, what? <laughs> Dad gives away money for reading the entire Bible. And what I wanted to do is I want my kids to love the Word of God. And I know as a parent, I get what I reward. And if I reward it, I get repeated behavior. And I want their behavior to be all about the Word of God. Impress upon them the Word of God. Listen, teach your children, impress upon them fathers to to love God's house, to love church. Teach them, don't don't, don't be a father. You know, you get up on Sunday, you're like, oh, it's Sunday. Yes, we'll go to church. I guess we'll... No, no, no. Teach them to love God's house, to love the things of God. The Bible says to impress, to persuade your children in the things of God. I want to encourage you with another thought here with this rubber mallet. Impress godly values into your children. Godly values. Scripture says in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but... But by the way, you treat them. Rather, bring them up. That's that whole impress, persuade, the rubber mallet. Bring them up intentionally with discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. I want to zoom in and focus on that word discipline. To impress godly values into our children, it takes loving discipline. And when I use the word discipline in conjunction with parenting, all types of faults come to mind. Some on this level of the spectrum and some are here. I mean, it's all over the place with discipline and parenting. But I want to just encourage you with two nuggets here. And the first nugget is this. We discipline our children for their benefit, not for our benefit. You ever met a parent and saw a parent 
that they discipline their children, and you're like, that was for you, not for them. I mean, what you're doing is crazy. You know what I'm saying? Because they're, they're not disciplining with the right heart, a loving heart to, 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 to discipline their children for their benefit, not our benefit. The reason we discipline our children is not to tear them down, but to build them up in the things of God. Listen, you can get a hammer and tear some stuff down. And you know what some people do with their children? Instead of having a rubber mallet and impressing and, and, and disciplining and, and maybe you're a teenager and it's, it's, you're not going to get to drive your car. It's not because I'm angry and I'm mad. Now, you might make me angry. I got to calm down because I don't want to discipline you for my benefit. I want to discipline you for your benefit. But listen, some people got a hammer and they're disciplining their kids because it's for their benefit and they're angry and they're mad and hostile. And then there's some people, they don't have a hammer. They got a sledgehammer. Your kids don't even like you. You're crazy, and you're disciplining them for your benefit, to make you feel good instead of for their benefit. Here's what the Scripture says about discipline, because we're trying to impress godly values into our children. Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 18 says this, discipline your children while there is hope, otherwise you will ruin their lives. The reason we discipline the reason you say time out, you spank, you take away the privileges, you take away the cell phone, it's not for your benefit. It's for their benefit because you know that type of behavior will not make you successful in life. It won't make you a godly follower of Jesus Christ. And my goal as a parent, my goal as a father is to raise up a man or a woman of God who has godly values and convictions and lives by the word of God. There's a second tool that I want us to look at in dad's toolbox, and that is an adjustable wrench, the adjustable wrench. The word of God says in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 21, fathers, do not aggravate your children or they will become discouraged. Parents, did you realize that we can aggravate our kids? You see, you thought that your kids only got on your nerves. But the pastors come to tell you today that sometimes we get on our kids' nerves. Matter of fact, all the teenagers in the house, come on, watching online in Midwest City, all the teenagers, if you, your parents are on your nerves, aggravating you, just wink at me right now. Come on. No, don't raise a hand. Are you going to get in trouble now? Listen, don't raise no hands. Don't wink too much. Kind of do it like you're blinking. No, I'm blinking, Daddy. I'm blinking. You know what I'm saying? But they're on your nerves. Listen, one of the greatest qualities that a father can possess, a mother can possess when building and raising and investing in their children. And listen, I want you to know something. You say, well, pastor, my kids are grown. It doesn't matter how old your kids are. And it just, as long as you're alive and they're alive, you're a parent. And there's parenting. And can I tell you that one of the things that I've learned is that you got to be adjustable. You got to be able to adjust. One of the greatest qualities you can have is Flexibility. As a parent, to be flexible, to be flexible. And see, an adjustable wrench is flexible. You can take this one wrench around, and you can you can operate and do with different size bolts, different size nuts, because this wrench is adjustable. And as parents, we've got to be flexible. We've got to be adjustable. Here's what I've learned as a parent, and Tiffany and I have have learned this: is that every child is different, and for us to be godly, good parents to our kids. It takes us adjusting because they're different. I think about our four kids, and our oldest is Kel, and he's nine. He'll be 10 this year, and, and Kel is our just even-keeled son. 
just even keeled, relaxed, mellow, chilled, and he's cautious. He's like his dad. He's very cautious and very calculated. If Kel saw a large, some large grass and we were getting ready to walk through the grass, Kel would be the one that would stop at the grass and look and go, is there a snake in there? I don't know if I'm going to go in there. He's real cautious like that. And I love that's his personality. I love that about him. And then there's Cade, our eight-year-old. And Cade, he's the most sensitive child we have. He's real sensitive. Uh, he's real compassionate. Uh, he's, he's one of those kids, if he sees another kid at school that's having a hard time or getting picked on, he's going to come home almost with tears in his eyes trying to talk about how, how he can help him and what can we do. He's just real compassionate, real tender-hearted kid. And he's a real serious kid. I mean, he's intense. So if he's playing sports or something, he's intense. He's all in. If he's playing at home, he's intense. If he's sitting down and thinking, he's intense. I mean, he's just intense. He's just an intense kid. He's just, love that about him. Just whatever he's doing, going to be intense about it. And then there's my daughter, Karis. She's a little six-year-old girl. And little Karis, she's our firecracker. She's just energetic. She's just, she's, she's just carefree. She's a risk taker. She's the kind of girl, you know, she's different than Kel. If she sees the tall grass to walk in it and she thinks there might be a snake, that's all right. Let's just see. And she's just a risk taker. She's a risk taker. I mean, that's, that's her person. She's a risk taker. She's not calculated at all. She's just jumping off the couch, doing backflips. She's not calculated at all. She's, and I love that about her. My little baby girl, man, she's the only girl out of those three boys. And she's just, man, she's just a firecracker of a person. I just loves life. And then there's my youngest, Case. Tiffany and I, we laugh at Case. Case is the family comedian. Come on, I mean, every family has a comedian. That's it's our Case. Our little four-year-old, he'll be five in, in July. He is a comedian. He loves to seek attention. He loves to make people laugh. He's, he's, he's an affectionate little boy. He's the most affectionate. He loves to cuddle all the time, but he loves to make you laugh. Matter of fact, Case, since I, I can remember about two years old and up, Case likes to preach. And he, so he comes into the living room. He says, I'm going to preach. Now, he, he wants attention. All eyes on me. I'm going to preach. And he wants everybody. I say, I'm going to preach. I'm going to preach. I'm going to preach. What that means is stop watching television. Don't just stop. Pause the television. Turn it down. I'm going to preach. And Case will get a book. It might be his little Bible. It might be a, a little Dr. Seuss book. It might be an encyclopedia. He don't care. He just gets a book. And he gets on the fireplace. And he starts preaching. Now, you know, you can only imagine how a four-year-old preaches. He got all kind of crazy stuff. He's saying, he's up there preaching. He says, and God said to the caterpillar, caterpillar, you wash out that butterfly, and the butterfly ate Cheerios, and God said to the Cheerios, Cheerios, you need milk, and milk without sugar, and God is working. You're like, <laughs> you're laughing, and he thinks he's funny. I mean, seriously, that boy's preaching his heart out. Loves to entertain. Loves to entertain. All of our kids are so different. And it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. To be a good dad, to be a good mother, it takes being adjustable. It takes being an adjustable wrench. Can I, can I tell you what we have to do as parents? Be careful. Don't love the child you want. Love the child you got. Love the child you got. Don't love the child you want. Love the child you got. If you're not careful, you won't be adjustable and you, you won't love the child that God's blessed you with. You know how you know you're not loving the child that you got and you're trying to make this child into something that they're not? You start saying stuff, I wish you were more like your brother. I wish you were more like your sister. 
I, why, why don't you get into instruments? Why aren't you more like musical? I thought you'd be more musical, and you're trying to force them in. I wish you were more athletic. You're going to be athletic. I'm going to make you athletic. I'm going to put you in the 17 camps this summer. You're going to be athletic. And, and some dads try to live their dreams to their kids. They're not, they're, they're, they're not adjustable, and, and they're like, you know, you're going to be daddy when athletic, but you're going to be. No, no, listen, dad, the reason you were athletic is because you didn't have the genes. And your kid's not going to be either because you passed them genes down. Come on, quit trying to live your life through your kid. Love the kid you got, not the kid you want. Adjustable. Adjustable. Because God has a plan for them. He's created them uniquely. He wants to use them greatly. And we have to tap into what God's plan is for our kid's life and adjust so that we can shape and build the kid, the child that God wants them to be the man or woman of God he wants them to be and it takes adjusting number three is this the third tool I want us to look at in dad's toolbox is a level a level now a level we we have these levels and they help us to have things in proper alignment they keep things balanced and even and so you know you're going to hang pictures you don't want to hang four pictures and not have it even you want it to be leveled you want everything to be in alignment and And fathers, it's important that our lives are in alignment. Alignment. Scripture says in Proverbs 20 and verse 7, the godly walk with integrity, but blessed are their children who follow them. The godly walk with integrity. Integrity means that what we do and what we say are the same. Integrity. Integrity. And in life, it's so busy, it's so hectic. I mean, it just seems like life is so fast-paced. It's easy to get out of alignment. It's easy to get our lives out of balance. And and I would just say to you, dads, and ask you just to evaluate. I have to do this with my own life. Is my life in alignment? Is what I say and what I do the same? And it's easy to say, man, I want to invest in my children. I want to spend time with them. And I love them. I want to shape their life. And we can find ourselves, you know, maybe spending too much time at work and no time with our kids. And just ask yourself a question. Do I need to, is my life, my parenting in alignment? Maybe you would ask yourself this question. Am I spending time with my kids? When's the last time I've had a meaningful conversation with my son, with my daughter? When's the last time, you know, maybe we ate dinner around the family table, around the dining room table? Is, is, is my life as a father, is it in alignment? Because I think oftentimes if we're not careful what we say and what we do, they're not in alignment. They're, there's this integrity issue. And, and today would be a great day, dads, for us just to evaluate, to process, and maybe make some changes. Maybe for you it would be to say, hey, family, we're going to eat dinner around the dining room table and talk at least once a week. Maybe for you it's your daughter is grown and you, your daughter's 40 and you're like, I haven't sat down and went take my daughter on a date in years. And maybe you call up your daughter and you get into her world and you take her out for some coffee. Your grown, da- your, your grown up daughter. And you just talk to her. And you get into her world. And you bless her with your presence and minister to her. Is your life out of balance? I, I would like you to ask this question too. As I look at this level and we're talking about this whole thing about integrity, what you do and what you say are in alignment. Ask yourself not only is my life in alignment, but are my morals in alignment? Men, are you living for God? Are you living a life of integrity? Are you serving God? 
Is what, what you say and what you do, are they, are they one and the same? Are they in alignment? Are, as you make decisions, are, 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 is the world so penetrated your mind and your heart and your thinking that, that all your decisions are, are, are being filtered through the world? Or are they being filtered through the word of God? Does this line up with God's word? Does, is this God honoring? Is your, is your, are your morals in alignment? So you can say to your kids, do what I do, not just what I say. And the scripture says this about our, our, our lives, our morals being in alignment. Let me remind you of the scripture. Proverbs 20 and verse 7. The godly walk with integrity. Blessed are their children who follow them. And I want my four kids to be blessed. And the scripture says, if I walk in integrity, if what I do and what I'll say will be in alignment, they'll be level, that my kids will be blessed. There's a, a fourth, a fourth item I want to look at from dad's toolbox and specifically dad's tool shop and that's a broom a broom you, you know what I've learned about parenting and all of us parents know this parenting is messy it's messy the scripture says this regarding parenting and regarding just life regarding a great attribute of every follower of Christ first Peter chapter 4 and verse 8 says above all love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Parenting is messy. The raw reality is this. Your kids, your children, no matter how old they are, whether they're teenagers, whether they're toddlers, whether they're in middle school, whether they're grown-ups, they'll make mistakes. It's messy. It's messy. The truth of the matter is you, you're going to make mistakes as a parent. I've made mistakes. I'll make more. You've made mistakes. It's messy. Parenting is, is messy. None of us are perfect. And can I tell you what we have to take out is the broom and say, I'm willing to clean up some messes because at times we can create a mess in parenting with our, with our children and nobody gets the broom out and cleans up. And you've got to be willing to get messy and say, I'm going to clean up this mess. I'm not going to let it stay like it is. And sometimes you know what we have to do? Pull out the broom and forgive our kids. So I'm going to clean this up. You made a mistake, but I forgive you. You're my child. You, you hurt dad. You hurt mom. I can't believe you did that. But you have to learn to forgive because you got to get the broom out because parenting is messy. And sometimes it's not that your kid has blown it. It's you have blown it as a parent. You know what's an awesome, awesome, powerful thing for our kids? Is when we will go to our kids and we'll say, I was wrong. And then we'll say these two words, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And that can be two of the most difficult words for a lot of parents. Because most parents think, well, I'm the parent. I'm the parent. And then they justify their wrongs. Their kid knows they're wrong, but they start saying stuff. Well, well, the reason I did that was because the how equals the what, and the what is equals the when, and the when. What? No, you're wrong. Just say it. It would do so much good for your children's heart to hear you say, Dad was wrong. Mom was wrong. I'm sorry. I'm going to change that. It's pulling out the broom. It's pulling out the broom and cleaning up, cleaning up the mess. You, you know that's what we have to do? What this scripture says, we have to love our kids unconditionally. They'll make messes. We'll make messes. But we have to pull out the broom and say, I love you. You're my child. I love you. I'm not going to let there continue to be chaos in our family, chaos and tension in our home. We're going to work this out. I love you. Maybe it's your grown son and you haven't talked to him in a year or two or in months. And maybe today is the day you pick up the phone and you say, son, there's been tension in our relationship. Daughter, there's been tension. But I want you to know this. With all the tension, all the mistakes, I love you unconditionally. I want a relationship back. 
I want to fight for it. Because the scripture says, above all, love each other deeply. Love each other deeply. Love each other deeply. Why? Because love covers over a multitude of sins, a multitude of messes. There's a fifth thing that I want us to look at as we're looking at dad's toolbox and and we're looking at that shop, tool shop. The, the, the last thing I want us to look at is, is cologne. Now you say, Pastor, I, cologne. Man's got to smell good while it's working. Come on now. Now, now you say, Pastor, why, how did cologne make the list? Well, here's why I put cologne in this list. Fathers must put mothers first. And this cologne represents daddy putting mama first. The scripture says it like this in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave his life for her. And fathers, can, can I just encourage you with this? One of the greatest gifts that we dads can give our children is to love our wives, to love them like Christ loves the church, to love them, to cherish them, to honor them. Matter of fact, I didn't start wearing cologne until a, a little over a year ago. I just never wore cologne, not a big deal. I put on some aftershave after I shaved oftentimes, but I just never have worn cologne. And actually, well, let me take that back. In junior high, when I first started liking girls, I used to wear some brutes. We would go from Wewoka because we didn't have no Walmart in Wewoka, still don't, and we would drive over to Seminole Walmart, and I'd go to the Cologne Alley and buy some brute so the little girls would smell me. But anyways, but now, didn't, they haven't worn cologne since my junior high days. But I had a pastor friend give me some cologne, and he gave me some cologne, and so I said, well, I'm going to start wearing this. Hey, it was free. It's nice cologne. So I started wearing it, and one day I hugged my wife, and she hugged me. We embraced. She goes, you smell good. I thought, mama like. Mama like. And if mama like, daddy like. Oh, yeah, I wear that cologne now all the time. Matter of fact, it's Father's Day. I put on three squirts this morning. Come on, come on now. After church, it's my day. I'm putting a Samoa on. Praise the Lord. It's my day. Hallelujah. Father's Day. But you know what? You know what? I'm saying this to drive home a point. We got to love our wives like Christ loves the church. Lay our lives down for our wife. The greatest thing we can give our children is to love our wives. And listen, maybe you're single in, the, in this place. You're a single dad. When you get married, love your wife. Show your children what it is to love your wife. To break the mold of society and say, you know, I'm going to love you. I'm going to lay my life down for you. I'm going to sacrifice for you. Love your wife. You say, well, Pastor, I'm married, and this woman ain't worth all that. But listen, <laughs> love her anyways. Love her unconditionally. Because you weren't very lovable when Jesus died on the cross for you either. But he did. And that's the kind of love we're called to have for our wife. And can I tell you, it will have a great impact upon your child.